It is the baptism of our Lord Sunday. The whole Christian church throughout the world commemorates this event. Well, why is that? Why do we celebrate the baptism of Jesus? I mean, technically, did Jesus really need to be baptized? Baptism means washing and cleansing. It's for people to be cleansed of their sin. And Jesus had no sin. So why did he get baptized? Well, for sure, to fully identify with us. And I think also for us to identify with him. So you can imagine the scene. John the Baptist preaching and he's convicting the people of their sin and calling them to turn away from their sin and turn to God. That's repentance. And he's preaching in the wilderness and there's, they're at the Jordan River, which is more like a stream. And there's a long lineup of sinners wanting to be baptized by John. And who shows up in the line? Jesus. It's kind of weird because you can picture this. People coming forward one by one, and John is going, repent of your sins, repent of your sins, repent of your sins. And he comes to Jesus and he goes, uh, you shouldn't be in this line. You're in the wrong line, right? Matter of fact, in the Gospel of Matthew's account of the baptism of Jesus, John tried to deter him. I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? Hmm, we should change places. It's a fascinating story, and there's very good reason that we should celebrate the baptism of our Lord because of what it means for us and our own baptism. So let's explore this and remember this wonderful event because it's recorded not for Jesus' sake, but yes, for his sake, but it's recorded for our sake. The main characters, fascinating. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all there together, and there's John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. He comes as the last of the Old Testament prophets and the first of the New Testament prophets. For years, the Old Testament prophets, hundreds and hundreds of years, said a Savior would come to right the wrong of rebellious humanity. And there were 400 years of silence. And one of the last prophecies in the Old Testament was that one would come preparing the way for the Savior. And John walks out of the woods preaching repentance, preparing the way for the coming of Jesus. And crowds came from the comfort of their towns and cities and villages out into the wilderness to listen to him. And here is what they said and how he responded. Look at Luke chapter 3, verse 15. 
The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. And John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come. Wow. So everyone's around John. This guy has crowds coming out to hear him in the middle of nowhere. He's the number one on iTunes. Everybody wants to be his friend on Facebook. They've got his head on t-shirts with the word hope. Like he's a big deal. Everybody's really hoping that he's the guy and he's going to fix all their problems. That he's going to be the Savior. And it's all going to be better now. And crowds come out. And John, and you got to take a look at John. Here's an old painting. He eats bugs and honey, wears camel, camel hair clothing. He looks like a Jedi Knight. And he's homeschooled kid from the woods. He's scrappy in his tone and in his message. He's intense, he's committed, he's devoted, and he's yelling, repent, repent. And the crowds come out, and they're all discussing, is this the one, the one we've been waiting for? Since Adam and Eve sinned, God promised that a man, a male child would be coming to crush Satan's and to redeem sinners. Is he the one? And what does John do? He points them to Jesus. And he says, number one, Jesus is greater than he. Number two, Jesus' baptism is greater than his. At the end of verse 16, he says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And the big idea is John is saying, I can call you to repent of the things you do. Like I can work on the outside of you. But one is coming who will be able to work on the inside. I can baptize you externally but he's coming to send the Holy Spirit, one who can work on the internal. And in a way, that's what we have in Christian baptism, the Holy Spirit working on, calling us to repentance, not just changing our outward, but also our inward. And it's the Holy Spirit who makes us Christian? The Holy Spirit regenerates us, causes us to be born again, gives us conviction of sin, gives us love for Jesus. The Bible says no one can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. He seals us for our salvation. He guarantees our inheritance with God. He gifts us for ministry. He sanctifies and matures us. 
He empowers us. To be a Christian is to receive the gift of the indwelling presence and power of the Holy Spirit. You can go to church. You can read your Bible. You can pray. You can look externally religious. But if you don't have the Spirit, you're not born again. You're not saved. John says, I'm preparing you for him. He's so much greater than I. He's the only one who can really change you and save you. Take out the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Take out the rebellion and give you submission and obedience. He's the only one who can do that. You need to wait for Jesus. I'm not he. So Jesus is greater than John. Jesus' baptism is greater than John's. And we get a hint here. Jesus' judgment is greater than John's. Verse 17 and 18. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. With many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. Some repented, some didn't. But here's the question. How is preaching that Jesus is the judge, how is that good news? That he's got a winnowing fork in his hand. How is that good news? And what John is saying, Jesus is the judge. And Jesus says the same thing in John chapter 5. The Father has entrusted all judgment to me. You know who we're going to give an account to at the end? It'll be Jesus. And it's a good question. A very good question. Does that frighten you? And I guess it would, depending on what you know or don't know about Jesus. That's why John points all of his listeners, you and I included, to Jesus, because he wants us to know who Jesus is. And that makes all the difference in the world, whether we'll be afraid of his judgment or not. It's interesting today, that word judge, we cringe. Matter of fact, some people, as soon as they hear the word judge, they stop listening. We don't like it when others judge us. But if you really think about it, we all judge the actions of others all the time. If you're in law enforcement, someone's speeding, you stop them, you can't do that. You give them a ticket. If you're a teacher, student hands in a test, you mark that test, correcting the answers right or wrong, judging. If you're a parent, you're always judging the actions of your children. That's not appropriate. That is right or wrong. So, 
I hope that when we hear the word judge, we don't shut our ears as soon as we hear that word because there's so much good news in that word. Here's why the message of the coming of the Savior who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, whose winnowing fork is in his hands to separate wheat from chaff, is considered to be good news. See, you and I, we can only judge and only should judge the actions of others because that's what we see. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's not that's not helpful. And we do that. And we should do it based not on our own opinion, but based on the moral law of God, which God has given us, the Ten Commandments, as a rule and a guide for our life. And yeah, it's not right to hurt nor harm your neighbor in their body. But that's all we can do. But Jesus... The judge, he cuts to the heart of the matter. He judges the soul. He judges the heart. Not just the actions, but where they're coming from. And Jesus can see the motives far better than we can, and that's good news. It's not our job to judge or condemn the hearts and souls of others. Not our job. That's Jesus' job. And we sometimes forget that. He's in a much better position. He sees all and he knows all. And that in itself is good news. Our judge sees everything. Whew. That's good news. That Jesus is our judge and our Savior is really good news. The same, one and the same. Our judge and our savior. And here's why that's such good news. Because he knows exactly what's wrong with us. Exactly. And he knows exactly what we need. It's not just tweaking a few bad habits. We're sinful at the very core of our being. And Jesus comes, knows that, and he deals with the sins of the whole world. And he bears the sins of every man, woman, and child. He gets punished for our sins on the cross in our place. Now you're starting to know who this judge is. He's also our Savior. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He took our sin on himself. And God accepted the sacrifice of his one and only son by raising him from the dead. Look at this Bible verse in Romans chapter 5, verse 10. For if... When we were God's enemies, we haven't done a thing good. God's enemies, rebellious and sinful by nature, 
When we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? His resurrection saves us. This is good news of baptism. That's why Jesus commanded his followers, his disciples, to go make disciples and followers of all nations by baptizing and teaching them. Notice those two go together. Please never separate them. So what Jesus accomplished for the whole world through his death on the cross and his resurrection, he now wants to give that to each person. The salvation that he won for us, he wants us to have and receive that personally. And now you're starting to see why baptism of Jesus is recorded for us. It's very personal. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all right there. Persons of the Trinity. Through the water and the word of God, the Holy Spirit of God works faith in us. The bridegroom of Christ, the bride of Christ, the church, to believe and accept who this Jesus is, the Messiah, and what he has done for us through water and the word. He takes out the old heart and gives us a new heart. We're born anew spiritually. We become alive towards God. We have a relationship with our creator. In baptism, we are connected to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ personally. And when we look at the baptism of our Lord, notice this in verse 21 of chapter 3 of Luke. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also was baptized, notice how Luke kind of separates the crowd from Jesus. It's almost he wants to show us something. The heavens were opened, the Holy Spirit descends on him in bodily form like a dove, symbol of peace. And the voice of the Father, you are my beloved Son. With you, I am well pleased. Jesus hasn't done anything yet. Spectacular. And God is well pleased with him. And that gives the motivation and the peace to be able to do what is to come, which is his mission to suffer and die for the sins of the world. Now you know why they put certain Bible readings together on a Sunday. You heard from Romans chapter 6, all about baptism, but in Isaiah... 43, how personal is this? But now, this is what the Lord says, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Exactly what God does for us in our baptism 
calls us by name and claims us as his very own. Every time we see a baptism, we're reminded of that. It's personal. God loves me. I know God loves the world, but baptism says God loves me. He has made me his child. He has commissioned me, just like he did Jesus, he has commissioned me to live out my life in faith, faithful devotion to my heavenly Father's will. He has given me his word, and the Spirit of God working through the Word to teach me all that I need to know about the God who loves me, who is with me, who comforts me, and who uplifts me. You see, when we know who and whose we are, then we know what we should do and how we should live. And that is the message of Jesus' baptism and our baptism. Amen.